0: Welcome to Confessions of a Melanated Queen, a podcast designed to celebrate achievements within black culture. Here's your host, Dr. Lauren Meeks. Hey, family. Welcome back to Confessions of a Melanated Queen. Here's my confession today. I thought all my life I wanted to be a nurse until I set foot in the first human anatomy course in college, and I realized this was not for me. So of course, if you read my book, you know that I struggled through college, and I made my life commitment to helping other people achieve their goals. So one of the reasons why I am so excited about this next guest is because she is a nurse, but she's doing exactly what I love to do, which is helping other people find their passion. So Toby Tajomawu is a fellow podcaster, and she has a podcast called Toby Talks. This queen is amazing. If you listen to her show, not only is she sharing some of her information, her insights of her journeys, she's bringing on guests who also work in the field, and they're helping other millennials identify areas of nursing that, that may be of interest to them. So without further ado, welcome this queen, Miss Toby Tajamawu. Hey, welcome
1: queen. Hey, I appreciate you, Dr. Lauren. I'm so excited to be on this podcast, Confessions of a Melanated Queen. Come on. Mm, She introduced me as a queen, so I'm super excited, girl. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm
0: good. I'm so excited to be here. So tell us a little bit about you and how you got into the field of nursing, how the podcast came about. Just go ahead and break us down, like everything that's going on with you.
1: Okay, okay. So how I got into nursing? Well, um, I originally didn't want to be a nurse. I wasn't wasn't something I was like shooting for. I actually wanted to be a OBGYN, um, a baby doctor at that time. I was real little, I was the firstborn and I had a baby sister coming and my mom had all these baby books in the house and I was like five, but I knew where babies came from because the books had pictures. So obviously. I knew where babies came from and I was like, Oh, I want to do this. I was so fascinated with my baby sister coming and her being in my mom's stomach. And I think I got kicked out of preschool cause I was telling all the kids where babies came from and the teachers were not about that. <laughs> so that was my journey. I always wanted to be an OBGYN doctor, but growing up and you know, I had my challenges in school, you know, the school system teaches you a certain way. I learned a different way. So I didn't really make all the best of best grades. So I thought, okay, I'm never going to be a doctor. So I actually volunteered at a children's hospital in Texas, and I got to see what nurses were doing. I was really intrigued by that. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go into nursing. And it, it took some time, you know, a couple of, uh, uh, what, what would I say? A couple of um, changes in my college selection. Um, parents wanted me to do one thing. I wanted to do another thing. But lo and behold, I finally fell into nursing and it wasn't super easy. I mean, I had several attempts at it, but I finally made it through and I became a nurse, which I loved and hated at the same time. (laughs) Um, It was a love and hate relationship because I felt like I was taught to be a nurse one way, but then when I got into the actual career field, it was completely different from what my expectations were, and I'm a very versatile female, so I do a lot of things, and I felt like the career that I picked only allowed me to do one thing, and it was really hard for me to accept that Um, until I found out through a lot of just being engaged in the healthcare system, that there are so many different things I could do as a nurse. So I wasn't confined to one rule. And when I found out about that, I realized that not a lot of us know about that. And it was like, wait a minute, what? Why are no one sharing this information? Why is no one guiding us in our career? And it kind of brought me to what I'm doing now. On top of um, working as a quality improvement nurse, I also host a podcast where I interview so many amazing nurses in the healthcare profession, telling me about what they do and how they got into it. And then I also use that platform to also encourage and inspire other nurses who have gone through <laughs> what I've gone through in nursing school, but have no one rooting for them. Whether they failed, whether they're repeating, whether, you know, they dropped out and got back in, whatever the case may be, we really don't have a lot of people inspiring us and encouraging us um, through that process. So um, that passionate desire kind of brought me to what I'm doing currently with Toby Talks.
0: Awesome. So one of the things I want to share with you is that, you know, during my time in higher education, I was a program director of a, of a program at a college that helped low-income first-generation college students graduate in a timely manner and transfer to four-year schools. It became increasingly difficult to advise nursing majors because, for one, it is so competitive to get into the program, and many of them were not prepared. They did not have the prerequisites. They did not have the background. They they definitely did not have the high school coursework behind them to really prepare them for the rigor of the program. And so many of them were rejected, Um, and this is at a community college level where they were trying to earn their associate's degree. And they were rejected they were not able to get into the program and so many people either chose to do something else or they chose to you know continue to go on to some of these different schools that may or may not have been accredited and it just you know it, it becomes a, a battle for them i really could not I couldn't connect my students with good mentors or someone who was willing to support them Why do you think that the field of nursing And, and maybe it's just the way I see it But do you think I should, I should say rather That the field of nursing is almost like In a way the success to complete is like a best kept secret It's almost as if when it comes down to certain people I'm not sure if it's minorities I'm not sure if it's certain communities But no one wants to really teach people how to do it And how to do it well Is, is that the case? Have
1: you seen that? Um, I, I think that is the case, um, and I, I can say it's also changing as well. Um, the, I feel like the culture of nursing and the, um, to get into nursing school, let me talk about that. To get into nursing school and to graduate from nursing school, that culture has always been wrapped around competition. Um, it's always been wrapped around the best. The elite can only become a nurse, you know. Um, so it definitely excludes those who have that passion, that drive to get in, but they're not guided. You know, um, I didn't have, well, let me not say that. I did have some family members that were nurses, but they were extended family members. So it's not like they were in my area and I could just follow them and shadow them. It was literally me having to dig through and research as much as I could through the internet. Um, And I think that's a challenge. It really is, especially when I didn't see someone who reflected my race, my, my culture, who I am you know, I, I couldn't shadow them at the hospital. I didn't know, you know. So for me, it was really challenging. I mean, I knew some people in our community, especially um, growing up in Houston, and it's a predominantly Nigerian community there, uh, where I grew up, at least. Uh, I would say a lot of the The images that I saw of nursing was not something that I wanted because it just seemed like, wow, you know, a lot of our Nigerian moms are working so many hours as a nurse, nonstop. Half the times you won't see them. So I thought, man, being a nurse, you must work your ass off. I don't want to do that. I mean, I love taking care of patients, but I also want to live my life. So that was the only image I really had. I didn't know how they got in. I didn't know the process, the rigor to get through it. And that just tends to, that was a culture at that time. I feel like now it's definitely changing. I mean, now we have social media. We have a lot of nurses that are willing to, you know, get on Instagram, get on Facebook, you know, share their information, talk about what they're doing or what life is like or what they're going through. And now we're seeing a wave of nursing students that are doing that. And I don't know how, because in nursing school, I ain't had time to breathe. So Mm -hmm. I'm really grateful that nursing students are actually able to, like, hop on Instagram real quick and talk about how they're studying this 500 pages of a chapter for a test tomorrow you know like those are the reality of it because people don't they think the challenge just starts with getting in but there's this huge challenge of just trying to get out and graduate um, the the test, the studying the the way you have to change your mind and it's also very challenging for people who don't learn like that and I feel like those are also areas that weren't really emphasized and almost in some nursing programs it's like they they're so tough, they purposely want to weed out the weak. And it's not that these people are weak, it's that you truly aren't trying to help them learn and retain information the way they learn. It's either you learn this way, and if you can't, you're weak, get out of nursing. And that's not true. And I think that is why not having mentors, not having people that look like you, that's going through what you're possibly going to go through or have gone through it to share that information, that's why it's almost very like tightening. It feels like the secret. And I felt the same way when I came out of nursing school. It wasn't just in nursing school. It wasn't just before I got into the program. It was like this in my career field. It felt like, why is it that I couldn't do anything else except bedside? Or or how do I know about these other areas, you know? Um, and I think it's just really tough at the time for me. But now I'm seeing so many, um, this podcast actually is helping me and helping so many other people know about those um, avenues. And For me, the reason why I did this and why I'm doing this is just because I don't want anyone to have to go through what I went through before they can find success or what brings them joy in our field. Um, And I don't want anybody to be shook, because I was shook when I got into nursing school. I was like, what the hell is this? This is not what I signed up for. So I don't want anyone to be shook. I don't want anybody to be caught off surprise. I really want them to know the reality of what nursing school is like, but... I really want to encourage and advocate for those nurses that have been through that to also mentor those who are trying to come through that same process as well, because when you can have a when you have a strong mentor or a strong group that can push you through, you actually are able to get through a lot of this more easier. I've had a lot of wonderful, wonderful, amazing women of color on my podcast um, who have shared with me that their biggest struggle in nursing school was not having not having a circle, not having a collaborative uh, communication tool, not having a mentor. And it was really hard. I mean, you go through depression, you go through a lot of things in nursing school because it's not just about nursing school. You're dealing with life. You know, you're dealing with financial struggles. You're dealing with family health. You're dealing with a lot of things on top of nursing school, but nursing school makes you feel like it's nursing school and nothing else. And that's challenging, you know, or you can be that, that, That uh, woman of color or that male of color in a classroom is predominantly one race and no one really wants to study with you. No one really wants to talk to you. No one really wants to build a relationship with you. So there's just a lot of things that having a mentor, having a safe place, having people that can collaborate with you, building that network and communication really helps you through the program and also throughout your nursing career.
0: Got you. Well, one of the things that I know that when I was working in higher education, there was an instructor at the college I worked at, and I remember her saying, um, I had it hard, you're going to have to have it hard too. So there was this mentality of, you know, if I had to struggle, I'm not gonna make things easier for you. I don't wanna I don't wanna throw you a rope. You're gonna have to figure this out. It's almost like hazing, you know? I mean so it it, it was unfortunate to hear that because then, you know, sometimes that can <laughs> yeah. it, it, it can certainly break the the spirit of the student. And so I I knew then and it was hard because I really had to limit the amount of students I took into my program who were nursing majors because unfortunately many of them were not able to become successful because they had the lack of support. And so what you're doing is very important.
1: Wow, and I, and I I commend you for even sharing that because a lot of people don't even know that those kind of comments are what is or what is the first things we hear as a nursing student? So imagine hearing that, imagine already being introduced into your career field saying that you're gonna learn it the hard way, it's a sink or swim, it's a this, or the person next to you, and literally this was actually told to me in my first nursing school, the person next to you, the person look looked to your left to your right, the person will not be here by the end of this program. What, like that was just like, whoa, wait a minute, what am I signing up for? So imagine already starting off nursing students in a competitive manner, Now imagine that nurse getting onto the workforce with other nurses who have been taught to be competitive. So our whole goal is to outbeat, outdo each other in a field that's about health, love, care. It's just, it's an oxymoron to me. So that is where we start is usually how you'll end up if you don't start changing your perspective, changing your mentality, changing the way you perceive information, changing the way that you, um, you accept what is your reality and what's not. And I feel like going into programs like that, and it starts with our educational system. Yes, things were tough for you, but why does it have to be tough for the next person? Um, why? I didn't like it you know it's tough for you you didn't like it but why would you want that same emotion that same feeling that same mindset to be on someone else that you have control changing that and that's how I felt I felt like I have control to change this it might not change for me because I already went through it but it's gonna change if somebody else is gonna go through it I don't want anyone to feel like they cannot survive nursing school and I think why I'm so uh, transparent because a lot of people tell me, like, girl, you put all your business out there. What business really am I putting out there? The fact that nursing schools are telling you you can get in with a 4.0, but I got in with a 2.1. You know, nursing schools are telling you that, oh, you can't pass the boards if you didn't go to this top school. I felt the board once and I passed it the second time. Like, things like that. Oh, you'll never get a good job at a good hospital because you don't have a 4.0 or you don't have, you know, all these accolades on your resume. It's not true. You know, these are all just he say, she say. Like, and I want people to know that. And so many nurses that I interview on the podcast share their story too about their challenges they went through. So I don't agree when I hear things like that. And it's usually you, a lot of millennials, because I am a millennial, will definitely say the same thing. Sometimes it comes from those season, those who have been through it and feel like that same behavior should continue. But we have the power to change that. We do. And that's what I'm hoping and rooting for people out there to do, to change that mentality. We don't have to continue to do the same thing that was done because that's how you learned it or that's what you went through.
0: You actually had a show about that recently. I think I want to say you were speaking to a male nurse and the whole campaign was how, how uh, more seasoned nurses can support um younger nurses, and they can debunk the myth of nurses eat their young. So tell us a little bit more about that conversation, because I personally enjoyed it.
1: Yes, yes, yes. I had this uh, amazing opportunity to interview Nurse Blake, and he's hilarious. If y'all don't know him, check him out on Instagram. But um, we he started this campaign about, you know, nurses don't eat their young, nurses support their young. And yes, you know, that's something that as millennial nurses, we can say, yes, that should be something that seasoned nurses do as well. But I also want to to challenge the millennials as well, because as a millennial, I'm already like five, six years in the game of a nurse. Does not mean that I cannot be that same nurse that bullies a new nurse coming in. You know what I mean? And when I say bully, it's not necessarily like, oh, I'm picking on you or I'm messing up your lunch, you know, or I'm doing something like very sinister. But bullying also means in like how you treat each other, you know, Like, are you supporting this nurse? You can clearly see this new nurse is drowning in work. She has like five or six patients. She's running around. She's doing this. As a nurse, what are you doing? What are you doing to extend and help that nurse? Hey, like, is there anything I can do? Do you offer that kind of token of support, you know, or is it just let her sink? You know, and and in my mind, to let a nurse sink when we're talking about taking care of people's lives, that is like a scary thought. You can't say, oh, she's going to, I'm going to let her fail. Her failing affects so many people. If a patient died, you've affected a family. You know what I mean? Like it's a ripple effect. So to be selfish enough not to offer my support, not to offer my help. If you don't know something, let me tell you how to get there. If you don't, if you have a question, let me help you answer it. Instead of shrug shrug you or or just treat you like you're nothing because you're new. And that sometimes was, that's mostly the mentality that happens in, in a work setting, when we talk about nurses eat their young, where we have, you know, seasoned nurses or nurses who are even in our generation too, that will purposely like, you know, watch us fail or not give us support or not encourage us, or, you know, even, you know, that little chatty chat, especially when we have a lot of females on the unit. (laughs) Sometimes a lot of gossipy issues will go around and it's like, you're not in a work conductive environment. Um, So, I was very happy to be a part of that campaign because I went through stuff like that as a new grad, Um, even though I had the most amazing preceptor in the world. You know, she couldn't shelter me from other nurses who had mean intentions, you know, who were just mean. in their behavior and stuff. But because I had a mentor, because I had a support system, I was able to overcome those things because there was many times during my first year as a new grad where I wanted to quit. I was like, you know what? Nursing really isn't for me. Or, you know what? I ain't got to deal with this. Or, you know what? Y'all ain't paying me enough for this. Like those were literally some of the thoughts that come through my head. Mm-hmm. But because I had a mentor, because I had a support system, I was able to talk about those things and overcome those things. So nurses supporting their young campaign, that's a big deal because it's, it's, it's to kind of push a change that's needed. And that change starts with you. You know, a lot of times we we'll talk about bullying and stuff, but it's like we talk about the issue, but we don't talk about the solution. So I was so excited to, to interview him and talk about this because nurses supporting their their young was a solution, like a solution for everyone to join on board. Like, how do I support my young? How do I support a new nurse coming in? What is it that I can do? So the moment you start focusing on what I can do to support one another, what I can do to encourage one another, the whole bullying thing fades away because now we're coming to a culture that is about collaboration, support, encouragement, rooting for one another when we were taught to compete with one another. Mm
0: hmm. You know, but it, what you're saying is, is not only important for the field of nursing, and when you think about it, that whole I don't want to support you, I want to just kind of, you know, reap all the benefits and not share. Unfortunately, that is what has prevented some cultures, especially ours, from breaking the cycle. You know, of poverty, from breaking the cycle of social injustice. In some cases, yeah. some some people don't want to lift one another up. We we talk about this all the time, um, and some of my networks. Yeah. And how unfortunately we still see that behavior. So we can definitely change and improve our economic wealth, our social capital. You know, just our our environment in general. If we're more willing to share, and unfortunately, and this is a conversation that I have at home a lot with my husband. You know, there it's still unfortunately that that behavior is also passed down to our households because not only do you see in the workplace where people don't want to help one another, but, we pass it down to our kids so we want to make our kids work for stuff that they shouldn't really have to that's why we paved the way for them so you have parents who have not understood that it's, it's okay to uh-huh. make it easier for your children so that your children don't have to go through X, Y, and Z that's why we should be doing what we're doing and getting these degrees and gaining these credentials and, and working these long hours is the, so that we can pass down something for them so that they can, they can make it out a little easier and then now we can have generational wealth and we can be on top but unfortunately that mindset is being passed down um over and over again so w- what you're doing is so important because we're we're beginning to mm-hmm. hear ideas of how you don't have to do that in fact it's better not to do that
1: yes and and knowledge my mom used to say all the time knowledge is power and mm-hmm. lack of knowledge is why my people fail uh, I know my mom didn't make up that quote. I know it's from somewhere, but <laughs> shit, she said it all the time. So that's all I that's all I can remember <laughs> for all my life. Um, but the lack of knowledge is why my people fail, and a lot of times that's what kind of holds us back. And we see that even in the nursing field, where um, you know, for me, I was very privileged. I'm not gonna lie, I was very privileged to have an amazing experience my first year. Not saying that I didn't have challenges, but I had an amazing experience because I worked at a hospital that was very diverse. My manager was African-American. My director of nursing was African-American. I have never seen that. I've never seen a woman who looks like me in this position. That, that means I could one day be there too? Like, what, that's a thing? Because when you open all these nursing magazines and you only see white women or white older women, you just never think that I'll be there one day, you know? Or if you end up seeing an African-American woman, it's like this older, older woman who's put in all her years and she's finally made it into the magazine or she's finally made it into an article or something like that. And that's how I felt in the hospital system. When I, you know, you would walk through the hospital and you'll see the picture of the CEO, the CFO, and you'll see all the, and you just see, like, it's just completely predominated by one race. And you always think like, this can never be me. This is the only area that I can always work in. and. I think people don't realize that that really is that causes an impact. But what causes a bigger impact is when you finally do see a woman of color, or you see a woman who looks like you or reflective of you, or you see that this could be a position I can be in, and that woman is not supporting you. That woman is like bringing you down. That woman is actually mad that you're even in her space because now you're competition with her. That kind of mentality is so detrimental to to our future. And I say that firsthand because for me. You know, I left nursing, nursing on the floor, like actually working on the bedside. I left it in 2016. um, And I found myself in a supervisory role immediately. And it wasn't just like, oh, you know, I slowly got to where I was. It was just like, I went from being a nurse at the bedside to automatically being a supervisor. Um, And not only that, being a supervisor who's young, who's African-American, and who dealt with a lot of opposition. I mean, I had a lot of nurses who did not like the fact that I was in that position. I had them ask me like, who hires people like you? And all these kind of like root, and these would be in meetings, you know? Um, but I had to overcome those things and I had no one to turn to like, who do I talk to about us? You know, like how do I overcome this kind of situation? So being in that role and then actually getting into a, another position when I had moved um, out of state where my manager was African-American I think this is the first time I'm actually going to share this. because I don't think I've ever told anybody this, but I worked at a hospital where my manager was African-American and I was really excited. I was like, wow, I'm working, you know, with another woman of color. She's at this position. She has her, I mean, she is a lawyer. She's also, you know, a manager. I mean, she's just, wow. She is exceptional. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm honored to work under her cause I learned so much. And I could tell you the first couple of weeks, I kind of didn't understand what I got myself into. It was, I I felt like I was back at high school, it was very childish behaviors. The first week I got there, a prank was pulled on me by this manager. Um, It was just very inappropriate behavior. But then on top of that, the fact that I brought so much contribution to this hospital. I was changing up so many things in such a positive way, Um, was leading all these like uh, workshops to help the managers and directors learn how to use one of our operating systems that we were using for, um, for getting information. And I was just really, I was really active and I loved all the things I was bringing there. But I started seeing that this manager of mine did not like that. She didn't like the fact that I was doing work, that I was actually being productive and making her look bad, which in my head, I'm thinking, you you hired me. So anything I'm doing is making you look good because it's giving you the accolade, you know, showing you that, dang, you know, you got some good people on your team, but that was opposite. And mind you, I think it was only like three or four black people in leadership there. And I was one of the four, another one was a male and it was my manager. And it was just really disheartening. It was, it was such a toxic environment that I actually like fell into depression. I had to go see a therapist. I was just going through so much emotions because like, I don't know who to talk to about this. Like Why is this happening to me? Why am I being treated this way? I feel like I'm doing an amazing job. I know I'm young. I know I'm black. I'm working under this woman that I'm expecting to see come, some kind of leadership from, and I'm not getting anything from that. Instead, I'm getting bullied. I'm getting talked about. I'm literally hearing you talk about me through my office door. <laughs> You know, and I'm hearing you like conspire about how you're going to try to get me fired or get me in trouble. And it was just like, what is happening? And all, I, and I mean, and I'm a person who takes pride in what I do. I love my job. I love, I love, I love my job because I found what I do best in nursing. And to be in an environment where I'm working for someone that I'm looking up to to help support me and grow me and make me as, as strong and knowledgeable as she is, is the main person tearing me down to the point where it's affecting my health. It's affecting my mentality. It's affecting, like, I'm coming home with anger and sadness all the time with my husband. You know, it was, it was really a tough, tough season for me. And, and that's why I'm a huge advocate of mental health. Like, I tell everybody, please go see a third party talk about it, get it out. You don't know what's going on, you know, and a lot of times, you know, that's uh, that's another subject for another day, but we do talk about how that's a taboo in our culture, you know, to seek mental help, you know, but I'm so glad that I did because talking about that, getting all those emotions out and really reevaluating, is this where I want to be? Is this the kind of environment that I want to be in? Um, it's not. And I was able to talk through this with a therapist to go through like, okay, let's, let's move on up, you know? And I ended up finding another position that I just loved and and shined through. But I think it's so important that we talk about things like this because I felt like she was Omarosa in my white house Mm -hmm. and you know, like that one, I'm the black woman here and I'm the only one that's going to excel and grow. And, and, and that's literally how I felt. And I know there's so many other women of color who are in positions like that, especially being young. I mean, I'm gonna have an episode where I talk about one of a good colleague of mine who is 27 and she's a CNO. You know, you're young and you're in these positions, but then how do you deal with these kind of behaviors? How do you deal with uh, another woman who is not happy that you're there competing with her? Mm -hmm. And not only just dealing with that, but how do we change that? You know, like how do we change that mentality? Because I would want you to bring me up. I would want you to cultivate me to be more than what I am and groom me to be this amazing woman who will be in your position or higher one day. It should never feel like a competition. But if you remember, I take it back to what we were taught in nursing school. We were taught to compete. And that same competition flows into our workplace. And that is where we need to change.
0: I'm so glad that you brought that up, especially as it relates to uh, mental health and wellness, because, you know, I've been recently having conversations about that is how how so many professionals we don't really take we don't consider the stress and um, the anxiety that we that we develop in our careers. We don't take it serious enough to seek help about it because even I just recently was talking to my husband about, you know, sometimes I'm still dealing with how I was terminated from my job four years ago, which started all of the things I'm doing now, which made me write the uh-huh. book and all that stuff. And sometimes I'm like, you know, maybe I should have talked to a professional about that because, you know, we, we don't really always know or recognize depression when we see it or we experience it. We don't no. always understand that, you know, some of this stuff is pretty serious and it's not just you being sad. It's not just about you being confused. It's not just everybody hating. Sometimes you need to really talk to somebody about that and come up with some strategies um so thank you so much for sharing it that's very important and i very I, very
1: important
0: yeah and and i just really want to commend you on that because you know oftentimes those stories are not shared and people don't think to do that another thing that you mentioned that is so true and i and resonated with me and not just in one field or another, but just in general. And as professionals, I have worked alongside with some young women, young millennials who, when they knew they were going to be working for African-American women, they were super excited about it. And then something happened in that experience that really kind of brought them to a depression, you know, and, and, I, and I've witnessed it several times in my career. And I've seen people cry I've seen people just like I don't know what I did wrong. Is it something about me? And they take it very personal because we're always looking for that big sister type. We're looking for the other mother figure, yeah. for somebody yeah. to, help us, to embrace us and and hold us and tell us that we're doing a great thing, and we're doing a great job. And that does not always happen. And for some women, especially, I, I have personally seen it where it really takes them to a dark place, and it's really sad and very yeah. Odd.
1: You're absolutely right. It's it's true, and I think that's what I went through. I mean, I was. I lost weight. I could not sleep. I literally was not sleeping. I was, I was so, I had so much anxiety of going to work. Like the joy of my job removed itself when I felt like I was in this environment that was so toxic. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think it's very important that we share these kind of stories because I know damn well, so many other women have gone through this, but I, I didn't, I don't know, you know, I've never heard it, you know, and everyone looks like they're smiling on their on their pictures that are in the hallways of the hospital. Everyone looks happy. Everyone's at these meetings. So I'm assuming that, you know, this is normal, you know, until I'm in it. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is, this cannot be, this cannot be normal. This cannot, this kind of behavior, this kind of treatment, like I'm looking up to you to groom me and groom me because we know darn well, we have to fight so hard. You know, we have to fight twice as hard to just be in our basic position. Now imagine climbing up, imagine being so good that you can finally get up there and you got to fight like 10 times harder just to stay there so when you finally see another woman of color who's gone through that who's in that position you're like yes i I almost got a break like i have someone who's going to be able to teach me this stuff and share with me this stuff there's times in my position where i'm learning based on my observation no Mm -hmm. one's telling me anything because there's nowhere that i can actually go and learn about oh quality or go more in depth on my certain my particular position i learn by my observation i will watch Oh, she got that book i'll get on amazon and order that book oh she said this oh i'm taking notes of what they're talking about i'm teaching myself because i don't have anyone that would teach me mm-hmm. i don't have anyone that would share this information with me so when i see another woman of color i'm thinking yes this is the back door like she's gonna be able to give me this information or tell me more about this or groom me into what i should know about a field that's kept secret so when you finally get there and it's the opposite that this main person is your enemy it's like whoa wait a minute it hurts wow it it hurts and you do question yourself I questioned myself so much I thought who am I like is it like I really questioned who I was and I know me you know I had to like literally when I say seek a therapist talk things out get these things out I had to come correct oh I know who I am I know who God created I know my worth And this is a place that I do not need to be. This place does not deserve someone like me. This place is not worthy of someone like me. I know what I can do. I know my accomplishments. I know what I've been through. And I refuse to let anyone put me down and say that I'm not great because they're dealing with insecurities. And it's even, it hurts more because it's a woman, you know, women, you want to support each other because I'm a huge advocate of supporting women. But lo and behold, that's something I've gone through and I'm glad I'm able to share about it. And this is literally my first time talking about it. So I'm actually, actually surprised I didn't cry or anything like that. Cause I'm over it now, but you know, it is something that we should discuss and it is something not just only to discuss, but maybe if these other women hear us have these stories, maybe it might change their hearts on how they're treating the woman that they're working with, you know? And they're like, wow, I can't believe I was that woman that could have broke another woman. You know, I can't believe I have this position to uplift and share and bring more women of color into our position because women already we're <laughs> underrepresented in almost every freaking field if it's not modeling. Um, and then being a woman of color, we we beyond uh, underrepresented. So you know I, if you have that pedestal if you have that platform, use it for good. That's, That's right. all. Just use it for good. <laughs>
0: That's right. Absolutely. No, I agree. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about your current role as a nurse. So you've transitioned from bedside, you went into management. How would you describe what you're currently doing?
1: So what I am currently doing, I am a quality uh, improvement nurse specialist. Um, And what I do is pretty much help the hospital run. A lot of people don't know that nurses are behind the scenes with helping hospitals and health plans run. And how we do that is by monitoring the quality, the quality that we're giving to our patients. And I do that with just my everyday existence in my role. So my role consists of me doing audits, bringing process improvement ideas, like let's say one practice that we were doing, is it working well? Or maybe regulations from the state or um, CMS, which is the center of uh, Medicaid and Medicare, maybe some of the rules and regulations have changed and we have to change our practice. We have to change the way we do things. Um, that's where I come in and we, We change those practices, and then we do audits to make sure that, okay, is this process that we change is it successful? Um, On top of that, we have a lot of um, regulatory bodies that come and make sure that we are actually following our regulations and our standards and our policies. And I help prepare my clinics and our hospital for that. Like, are we... Are we doing the best practice? You know, we do audits, we do inspections, um, and we also do a lot of revision of the policies. Is it up to date? Is it currently following the flow of what we're doing in our clinical practice setting now? I go to a lot of leadership meetings where we discuss a lot of the practices in our hospital. We discuss a lot of um, changes in legislators, uh, legislations, and 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 regulatory um, uh, rules and accreditations and stuff like that. So what I do, is it's half patient care, because I'm, I'm not directly giving patient care, but I am directly in, interacting with staff that are giving patient care. So we talk a lot about hand hygiene, you know, two patient identifiers, making sure we're identifying our patients that are coming in um, by their first name, their last name, their date of birth, making sure we're properly washing our hands to prevent infections and spreading infections in our hospital and clinic settings. Um, so it's a lot. And it's not even like one, I can't even describe it in one way because there's so many varieties of of quality. There's so many different areas of quality. Um, There's risk management where you actually have to monitor the risk and and different things that could happen, whether if you buy a device that you want to use for your clinic or, you know, maybe you're building a building, a new area. You know, you have to see the assessment and and assess it for the risk that it could cause our patient. There's infection control which they do with a lot of um, infection prevention practices within our hospitals. So quality is a really big, broad um, area in nursing, and it's very up and coming because when I was a nurse, there was only one old, nurse that was everything she was quality (laughs) she was infection prevention she was risk management i mean when joint commission came she was the only one that would take them around and joint commission is one of the regulatory bodies that um actually does like surveys to make sure that we are we are following our practices and policies within our hospital system so now you know quality is like this new big broad area people are coming into but it's always like older nurses that are in it. I've never seen like younger millennial nurses that are in it. I go to conferences and I can literally count the millennials and the women of color or the male of color on one hand. And it's like, Whoa, you know, it's almost like, how did I get here? You know, like, wow. You know? Um, And now it's to the point where I don't want to just be the only one here. I'm trying to get so many other people into it. Like, let me tell y'all about quality. Let me tell you, it's something that could be learned. It's nothing like, so challenging you don't have to have 50 billion years of experience quality is what we all do we all want to make sure that we're giving safe patient care we all want to make sure that we're taking care of our patients to the best way we can and even when i because i do a lot of the orientations and the orientations are always so cliche and i'm so dramatic people don't know me now i'm dramatic i'm extra i am all and the above i'm animated and i love my orientations to be that way so i always do it like hey you know ladies when you go to the nail shop right? What is one of the best things you want to go there for, right? To get your nails done, to get it done a certain way. You don't want to get cut. You don't want the lady uh, talking to you in a various language, not really communicating with you, not doing anything, just kind of just barely giving you minimum service. But you know, when you go to a nail shop, that the when you come in they know your name hey uh toby how are you you know you feel special like wow y'all remember me you know when they actually have when you actually come to your appointment and you're in the chair at the same time you came like that is like service that is quality service when you get your nails done it's exactly how you liked it you didn't get cut it didn't take you three hours you get in you get out that service is so good that you actually end up tipping the woman, because she's like, man, I appreciate you guys. You remember my name. You brought me a margarita. You really made me feel happy about getting my nails done. So I think when we think of quality, think of it that way. Like when you go to a grocery store, you're happy when the person is checking you out is how are your day going? Oh, that's good. da 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 They're talking to you. The guy's bagging your groceries, telling you to have a pleasant, nice day. That's quality service. So that's the same kind of service I want someone to feel when they're coming into my clinics, when they're coming into my hospital. I want them to feel like, man, I'm coming into a clinic or to an environment that recognizes who I am. They know I'm the right patient. They know my my first name, my last name, my date of birth. They have washed their hands before and after dealing with me. They make sure I'm leaving with the right diagnosis, the right medication. Like They're giving me quality service. I don't have to wait 45 minutes in in my patient in the waiting room before I'm seen by my doctor or even if I do, they have came and told me like, I'm so sorry. One of our doctors are behind. If you don't, you know, just please don't bear with us. We're trying to get us through as uh, quickly as possible, but we will be with you. Right. Like that kind of communication, that's quality. Mm-hmm. So people kind of think like over and beyond, like it's extra, but it really is just the basic communication, that love, that that quality of knowing that I'm in a good place is going to take care of me. So that's just a glimpse of what I do and a glimpse of what quality, quality is and, um, and why I love it so much, because my life is about quality. I'm just, I'm a stickler for that kind of thing. Like, I want to feel like I'm appreciated because it's my money. I, I worked hard for it. So right. if, if I'm paying you my money, appreciate me. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <Right>. it's hard.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I can I can say from, you know, being a patient at one point, just last year, I was in intensive care and knowing that when you're already afraid and you may very well be on your deathbed, because I was dealing with a blood clot that had traveled to my lungs, and I it, it could have really been bad for me. So when you have mm. people who are kind enough to come in, and they, you know, they you're, you're not just another job for them to do, but you know, they treat you with, with love and care, and, and they're they're empathetic. It's just it makes a difference because it you know you're you're already scared, you're already scared, and you really don't know, really don't want to be where you are, and you don't know what's happening with you. Um, it makes a big difference.
1: It does, and if I, if it doesn't go well. You know who's going to hear about it? I am. Right. I'm going to hear about if that patient did not have good care. And I'm going to investigate what happened. What did we do wrong to not give this person quality? And what can we do better? And it's never to shame another nurse or to shame like what happened. We I always try to look at the process. What was in the process that did not allow you to give the best quality service that you could have given that day? So What was saying- it? Were you overstaffed?
0: Mm -hmm. go ahead right no no so so you're saying it's important for us to go ahead and fill out those surveys
1: that they get look (laughs) look y'all please fill out them surveys them surveys are real okay them surveys are, I read them, our staff reads them. Those surveys are real. Well, yeah. the survey's to quality and the staff don't read them, but it comes to quality and we do our investigations. And we appreciate when you do write good notes. Like those are things, I think people just feel like, oh, it's a waste of time, but no, those that's my job. Y'all are helping me keep my job, right? Mm-hmm. Let me know if something is going right and let me know when something is going wrong. You know, that's very important because we can't fix what we don't know is wrong. And I mean, that's a really, and that even goes for your insurance plan I used to work for a health plan doing quality that's the same thing for your insurance plan. If your insurance is paying for you to get service at a clinic and that clinic or hospital gave you terrible service, let your health plan know because the quality department will hop on that real quick. And we're if you end up getting so many complaints about one phys, um, physical clinic or hospital, we can know we can go ahead and separate our ways. Like, I don't want to be a part of your clinic because you're not giving good care. I can go ahead and and contract other clinics. So those are the impact. Your voices and your opinions and your feedback really, really matter to the hospitals and to the health plans. And it's very important that people listening, if you had a bad experience or a good experience, please share that because that's what's going to help us in our healthcare field.
0: Right, right. Well, I definitely, for now on, I would do that because I get surveys all the time, and sometimes I fill them out, sometimes I don't. But now I, I am convinced that it's very important, and so I'm uh-huh. reminding you now to take care of that. Awesome. So I, I want to ask you a little bit more about um, your podcast work because I absolutely love your podcast. Toby Talks has taught me a lot about what's happening. You just had a guest on there recently. Is it endoscopy or am I pronouncing it wrong? End- endoscopy. Endoscopy. Endoscopy,
1: apparently. Endoscopy.
0: Endoscopy. <laughs> endoscopy, I remember there being like, you know, something said about folks not pronouncing it right. but um, and, and so that particular um, professional that was on your show was sharing about you know how a lot of people get what she's doing all twisted they think that she's doing some some dirty stuff by the time they see her they're all cleaned up They had all the poop taken out of them Mm -hmm. it was a really good show and I and I won't you know share two much because I want I want people to to tune in and subscribe and listen but so you, you you're managing you know a full-time job you're managing this podcast that's educating others on the work that you do and your colleagues you also have another podcast that I really enjoy called women of color so just in general you know folks really need to follow you Toby so how can they get in contact with you and what should they do to follow you
1: Wow, you just made me seem like I'm doing five hundred things <laughs> wow, <you are. laughs> yes, um I you guys can follow me lit- First of all, you can Google me. Apparently I'm on Google. Someone Google searched me last week and I was like, shut up. Google recognize me. Okay. <laughs> so I'm on Google. You can Google uh, Toby Todd. My website is actually called Toby And that's where I have all my podcasts, um, where the events I'll be attending. And also uh, I do blog whenever I have time, clearly from all this that I'm doing, and I'm, I'm not sure where I'm finding time to blog as well, but it's all on my website at TobyTodge.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at, Toby.talks. Somebody took Toby Talks, y'all. So I had to put the dot between Toby and Talks. But talks, Or you can follow me on Twitter at This is Toby Talks. Um, and then Facebook, Toby Talks as well. So I'm usually on all these platforms because I want to be able to get out all this information as much as possible. You can also follow uh, Women of Color podcast. We're also on Instagram, which is Podcast, And on that platform, we get to interview amazing women of color who are doing so many amazing things around the world. And it inspired me because I was able to even connect with this amazing woman of color uh, who we both came together and just thought, hey, why not do a podcast for women of color, women of color who are out there doing amazing things where they can share their story. So that's also there. Um, But I would love for you guys, if you ever have any questions or want to, you just need somebody in your corner to root for you, hit me up, slide in my DM. You can send me an email at tobytalks at tobytodge.com. I respond. Now, I might not be immediately, but I do respond. Um, But I'm also very much on YouTube as well. Why not uh, throw that in there? So any of those platforms, you guys can find me on there. And if you're confused about all what I just said, Google me, you'll find it all. (laughs) absolutely
0: so you know having said all this this is um A lot of great information is very encouraging because, like I said, when I think back on those days when I was in that first anatomy class at my undergraduate institution, and I was like, "What is this? I've never taken this level of biological science before," and I just gave up on it. But I will say that the day I gave birth to my son, and I had a a room full of nurses um, who, you know, at the time I didn't like them because I was in pain. But you know, after my son was born, (laughs) I realized (laughs) after my son was born, I realized how how important they were, and I was so thankful for them I realized that nursing was definitely not the career for me but for those out there who are looking to go into nursing or just any advice in general that you can give what would you share with our audience right
1: now I would share that anything you're going into in life in general you're always going to have challenges and you're always going to have something that you have to overcome to finally get there Um, so don't give up, and I say that because I almost gave up, so many other nurses I've talked to have almost given up, because every path that you take to your goal, to your dreams are going to be challenging, but what I do encourage you to do is find someone, something, anything that will continue to inspire you to keep going, and you're going to keep going through one hurdle after another, but keep inspiring yourself to keep going. Don't give up, and I want Especially nursing students. I want you guys to get really plugged in to all these amazing platforms and networking engagements that will keep you inspired. Don't get burnt out from all the studying. Don't get burnt out from all the schoolwork. Take some time to invest in you. Take some time to know what's going on locally that you can get involved in, whether it's a local organization, a national organization, whether it's tuning into podcasts like Toby Talks, whether it's following one of your social media influencers in nursing, whatever it is to keep you inspired, do it. Now, for those who are already nurses that are on those burnout stages, because I was once there too, don't give up. Take time to invest in yourself. Explore other opportunities. Nursing will always be there in different avenues. Experience all of them. Try this one. If you don't like it, try another one. Do as many things as you want to do. But remember, your life is not just a nurse. You can do so many things that are inspiring you to be the best you can be. Um, And I hope that I'm helping inspire those. I mean as a nurse I do work a 9 to 5 and then I do hop on the mic and I do share as much information as I can with you guys. So find other things that keeps you engaged into our in our healthcare system. You can do so many amazing things and know that no matter what if you're a nursing student, aspiring nurse or a nursing on the unit You at least have one person rooting for you and that's me. And that's everyone who follows Toby talks. They're rooting for you. So continue that amazing job that you're doing and you are going to reach your goal one day.
0: Thank you so much for that queen. We really appreciate you coming on the show today.
1: Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. I really am. This has been amazing girl.
0: Yes. I really appreciate you though. So, you know, we have to follow up somewhere in the future. And so we could talk about um, next steps for you because I know you
1: got some stuff cooking. I do. I have a lot. I have a lot. And if you want to find out what those things are, you got to follow me because I just would hate to drop it on here. And then you'd be like, dang, I didn't know. That was like months ago. So Follow me on Toby Talks on any of my platforms to just showcase a lot of amazing things that I'm trying to do. And it's all for you. And it's free. How about that? It's
0: free. You can't beat that family. Come on now. Okay. You know, you can't be, And, and and I'm always encouraged and I'm, and I'm not in the field, but because I work, because I work with other people, because I'm responsible for people in the community, I like to stay abreast of what's happening too. So your show is very educational. It's very empowering for me. And so I enjoy it. Thank you so much. No problem. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today because Toby is very busy. She has a full schedule ahead of her, but for everybody else, I just want to remind you to follow Confessions of a Melanated Queen at the website, confessionsofamelanatedqueen.com. Tune in every Monday for um, a new show. If you want to reach out to me directly, please email me at laurenthemix at gmail.com. Talk to you soon.
1: Thank you for listening to Confessions of a Melanated Queen. Follow Dr. Meeks on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dr. Lauren Meeks. If you have a confession, visit Confessions
0: of a Melanated queencom and share your story. Peace and love.